Good evening. My name is Anthony Stander and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship in Tableview in Cape Town. You're most welcome to join us at 10, 10 a.m. at Lilliput Pre-Primary if you've got no other place to go on a Sunday morning. I'd like to talk to you today a little bit about the Word of God. I know people struggle a lot nowadays to read the Bible. I find that even with quite strong Christians, they seem to have difficulty in reading their Bible and spending time with God's Word. And, it, and we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So it is very important that we um, take a stand and that we read God's Word and we allow it to change our lives and that we hear what God has got to say to us, through, that God speaks through the Word of, through us, to us. And it's very important that we learn to do this. Our opening scriptures is 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectively works also in you that believe. I realized very early on as, an early, as a new believer that either we had the word of God or we didn't. And I needed to know that. I needed to find out if this was true. Because in the Christian faith, without the word of God, what have we actually got? Nothing. We need to know that we have God's word and that God has spoken to us. How do we know that we are saved without God's word? How do we know that we're doing the right or wrong things without God's word? We just, I knew that. I knew that as a young believer. And so I went out of my way to read up everything I could to understand everything I could, because God doesn't expect you just to jump off a cliff and accept that, that this is the word of God. You know, you can go and read up. We stand on the shoulders of giants, men throughout the cinch, great men of God, men that are great scientists have believed that the Bible is the word of God, and they didn't just accept it. They had gone and studied up on it and come to that inescapable conclusion that we do have God's word. So I have really good news today that we do have the word of God. No matter how hard the world tries to discredit the Bible, all hammers are broken on the anvil of the Word of God. Men have tried for centuries to disprove the Bible, and like Josh McDowell, they themselves have become Christian. In the Garden of Eden, Satan attacked the Word of God and said to Eve, Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He tried to cast doubt on God's word. Did God really say that, he said to Eve? He's still using the same tactics today. And the world says there's so many different translations. And one Christian says this, another one says that. So the same question's been asked. Has God really said something today? We who stand on the shoulders of giants that have gone before us can say, yes, we do have the word of God. And as Smith Wigglesworth said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. The Bible is God's inspired revelation of the origin and destiny of all things. It is the power of God unto eternal salvation, and it is the source of present help for the body, soul, and spirit. Romans 1, 16 and John 15, verse 7. It is God's will and testament to man in all ages, revealing the plan of God for man here, now, and in the next life. It is the record of God's dealing with men, past, present, and future. 
It contains God's message of eternal salvation to all who believe in Christ and of eternal damnation to those who rebel against the gospel. John 3, 18 and 36 As a literary composition, the Bible is the most remarkable book ever made. It is a divine library of 66 books, some of considerable size and others no larger than a tract. These books include various forms of literature, history, biography, poetry, proverbial sayings, hymns, letters, directions for elaborate ritualistic worship, laws, parables, riddles, allegories, prophecy, drama, and all other forms of human expression. They embrace all manner of literary styles. It cannot be excelled from any standpoint. And I think the book of Zai is one of the greatest literary works, especially in the old King James, you know, that has ever been written. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's guide, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Here paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand object, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet in righteousness and true holiness. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly, devotionally, and study it constantly, perseveringly, and industriously. Read it through and through until it becomes part of your being and generates faith that will move mountains. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be opened in the judgment, and will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labors, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. So how do we know the Bible's a word of God? Well, we're going to look at some points now to help you to get to that point that I got, that understanding that I got that the Bible is God's word. So we, we, here, here's a couple of points that we can discuss. The Bible is God's inspired revelation to man as proved by. Number one, it's wonderful unity. Over 40 different authors wrote the 66 books of the Bible over 1,800 years, and they all had one theme, the creation and redemption of the human race by God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The books of the Bible were written by men from all walks of life, such as kings, priests, judges, lawyers, princes, shepherds, soldiers, courtiers, statesmen, musicians, inventors, singers, poets, preachers, prophets, fishermen, farmers, tent makers, publicans, physicians, rich men, and poor men. They were written in various lands and of three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa. They were written in different ages and by many men, some who never saw each other or knew what the others wrote on the same subjects. Yet when their writings became one book, there's not one contradiction among them. Number two, its superiority to other books. There's an abundance of evidence that the Bible is superior to other books. 
it is still the world's bestseller. They just don't even register it anymore. They don't even say it. It's still the, 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 the biggest seller in the world. It is not like other books in its claims, in its message, in its moral tone, in its insight into the future, and in its words of peace and comfort and hope to all men. Number three, its influence in the world. No book has had an influence like a Bible. Many kingdoms have sought to destroy it, but the Bible still stands. It has been and still is as high as the heavens above the earth in comparison with other books. In lands where the Bible is unknown, this fact is plainly evident. Where darkness rules, the Bible brings light to men. Number four, the character of those who accept it proves the Bible to be inspired by God. Those who grow in holiness and consecration to the highest good of others accept it as from God and cherish it more and more. Only infidels, skeptics, moral and spiritual rebels and human wrecks of all kinds are the ones who refuse to accept its inspiration. Naturally, they reject it because it condemns all their activities and promises punishment in the end. Number five, the greatness of those who accept it as a revelation from God proves that it is more than an ordinary human product. The greatest thinkers and representative men of all ages have openly confessed their faith in Christianity and the Bible. The disciples all except one sealed their testimonies in their blood. I mean, isn't that not incredible that each disciple said, this is how much I believe that Jesus Christ, who he said he was, was who he said he was. And, and all of them except one gave their lives in the most brutal way. Some were sawn into, some were torn apart by horses, some were crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. They suffered the most terrible deaths, you know, and they said to the world, this is how much we believe. We prepared to give our life. The list I have of scientists and great men who followed Christ is too long ever to recite them here. W.E. Gladstone, the man who served as Prime Minister four times longer than any other person said, I have known 95 of the world's greatest men in my time, and 87 of them were followers of the Bible. Friend, we stand on the shoulders of giants that have gone before us. You know, Our forefathers believed the Bible was the word of God and they had researched it and studied it. Listen to this account. In San Francisco in 1921, Robert Dick Wilson, PhD, D.D., professor of Semitic philology in the Princeton University said, As a young man, I began to hear criticism of the Bible. I made up my mind that I would consecrate my whole life to finding out if the Bible was genuine and authentic. For 15 years, I studied and mastered the ancient languages and dialects so that I could examine all the ancient versions and manuscripts of the Bible. I spent another 15 years in biblical textual study of these ancient documents. I spent another 15 years in writing out what I'd learned so the whole church might share them. After 45 years, I'm fully convinced that the Bible as we now have it is genuine and authentic. He says no man knows enough to assail the truthfulness of the Old Testament upon which the New Testament is based. Once in order to answer a single sentence of a critic of the Bible, I read all the extant literature of that period in numerous languages, collected together no less than 100,000 citations from that literature in order to get at the facts 
and disprove the argument of the critic of the Bible. Man could not have written the Bible if, number six, man could not have written the Bible if he would, nor would he have written it if he could. History does not record a single instance of where a critic of the Bible ever tried to improve it. Good men, number seven, good men must have written the Bible. The writers claimed to be inspired of God. They were either inspired or they were liars. If they were liars, then bad men must have written it. And we know that the men of old were good men who laid down their lives for others. Number eight, all man's needs are met by the Bible. Every promise in God's word has been fulfilled in the lives of men who have met the conditions. So it must be God who fulfills these promises. Number nine, the preservation of the Bible through the ages proves its inspiration. No other book has ever gone through the conflicts that the Bible has gone through. Whole kingdoms and religions have tried to destroy the Bible, but it has weathered every storm and still exists long after its enemies have passed off the scene. Voltaire over 100 years ago said, The Bible in a hundred years will be a thing of the past. Nevertheless, nevertheless, today, in one of the houses where Voltaire lived and made that statement, there are thousands of Bibles stacked and distributed annually. Num number, I think we are on number uh, 9-10, Fulfilled Prophecy. Now, I want to tell you this is the most incredible thing of the, of the scriptures. You know, I mean, if you wrote a religious book and you wanted to put prophecy inside it, you have to be very careful. They just have to disprove one prophecy and everything unravels. And that's why the great writings of the world, of all other religions, don't have a lot of prophecy. They prophesy like there's a Messiah to come at the end or something's going to happen, but it doesn't have much prophecy because you just have to find one prophecy that's not true. And if you find that one prophecy not, that's not true, everything unravels. We either have the word of God or we don't. There can be no middle ground here. So fulfilled prophecy proves the inspiration of the Bible. This is an indisputable proof, for there are hundreds of prophecies spoken centuries before fulfillment, which excludes all human possibility of fulfillment. There were 333 prophecies fulfilled in the life of Christ. Hundreds have been fulfilled in the rise and fall of nations and many other numerous events. No other religious book has had this much prophecy, as they could then easily be disproved. Yet the Bible is full of prophecy. No man has ever found one failure in prophecy after trying a whole lifetime to do so. The enemies of the gospel have desperately tried in every single way to find one false thing the Bible had to say. Archaeologists said things were not true in the Bible, but since then they have found those cities that were spoken of in so many times. They, they said uh, some nations didn't exist, and I saw recently they did find one you know, that the Bible had said existed. Always God's word comes true, comes through. So this more than anything proves the Bible is the, is the word of God. And the keys of success are there for all to use. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written then. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. If you're a person that has your way is not, it's not going well with you, you haven't got good success in your life, hear the word of the Lord. 
The Bible says, how much of your Bible should you read? Well, the scriptures say you shall meditate in day and night. That's how much. Read a lot. Let it fill your life. Let the word of God change you. And it will. And it will have this effect of you where you'll make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. The Bible is also many things. It's a mirror to reflect when we look in God's word. James 1.23 For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. A hammer to convict. Jeremiah 23.29 Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? It's a fire to refine. Jeremiah 23, 29 is not my word like a fire, says the Lord. It's a seed to multiply. 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It's a lava to cleanse, Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Many is the days that my days have been hard, you know, I'm in the. Uh, I have a, a building uh, in the, uh, job as well as a, in the ministry, but there are times when the stress is too great for me, and all I can do is sometimes just take God's word and read it, and read it. I, I pull my car off the road if necessary, sit there and read until I feel the washing of water by the word. It brings calmness and peace to my soul. And I'm able to carry on going. And I see that all my problems that I thought were so bad weren't so bad after all. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. It's a lamp to guide the word of God. Psalm 119, 105. And if you want to read about um, how men love the word of God, read Psalm 119. I know it's the longest psalm in the Bible. But I want to tell you something. It's all about God's word. This guy had a lot to say about it, and it's true. Every Christian that has been serving God for many years will tell you it is true. He says in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to go in my life, if I should sell my home, if I should change my job, I ask God to reveal it to me through his word. And then I read his word until I have an answer. It might not come today, it might not come tomorrow, but somewhere along the line, I see the answer through God's word. God speaks to us through his word. It's food to nourish, including milk for babes. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're not going to grow as a Christian unless you spend time in God's word. It's bread for the hungry. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. It's meat. You know, you get uh, milk for, for babies, but the Bible's also meat for older Christians. Hebrews 5.12 For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's honey for dessert. Psalm 19 verse 10. More to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. When you've been reading the word of God a lot, 
and God's word starts to transform you in your heart, then it feels like sometimes drinking a cold a cup of water or sweeter are the words of God than honey. They become supernaturally powerful in your life and God speaks to you and talks to you through his word. It is rain and snow to refresh. For as the rain, Isaiah 55 verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It's a sword to cut, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is a sword. It's a bow to revenge. Your bow, Habakkuk 3.9, Thy bow was made quite naked according to the oaths of the tribes, even thy word, Selah. Gold to enrich. Psalm 19 verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Christian, you need to break through into the power of God's word. We cannot read it as a dead book. It is a living book. Ask God to set you alight. Ask God to give you a love for his word and read it until you have a love for his word. It's power to create life and faith. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Romans 10.17 reminds us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It doesn't come by going to cell group, going to church, talking, uh, all kinds of things. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let the word of God, and while you read the word of God and you spend time in God's word, faith grows. And you can't even, you don't know how it grows that it does. Suddenly you find a couple of weeks later after spending much time in God's word, you can believe God for things you never did before. Faith grows and you've got to water it with God's word. That seed. God spoke the worlds into existence. And we can read that, that same word of God every day. And as his word created the universe, his word can repair us, fix us, build us, and change us. Jesus Christ our Lord said in Luke eleven twenty eight, But he said, yes, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. I want to encourage you today to be disciplined in reading your Bible and in prayer and ask our Lord Jesus to open your understanding. Luke 24, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. When I first read the Bible, I found difficulty in reading it. You know, it was I could read Christian books, not so easily the Bible. But I read that you have to be honest with God. And I said, God, I'm really struggling to read your word. Please help me open my understanding according to this scripture. And I, I went in faith and I continued to read the Bible. And then one day while I was reading it, it came alive. You say, how did it come alive? You will know what I'm talking about when it happens to you. It becomes alive. And guys that we used to teach that, you know, sometimes they'd be reading the Bible for hours. You're like, say, Jesus, you're still reading your Bible. He says, I can't put it down. It becomes a different book. But you've got to persevere with the things of God. You've got to push in until you break through and understand the Scriptures. 
Um, I read a book as an early Christian, you know, uh, called The Secret of His Power by, <clears throat> by Albert Hibbert, and it was about the life story of Smith Wigglesworth. And um, he did incredible things in his life. But I took something from this book that really changed my Christian walk, you know. And he he said that Smith Wigglesworth never went more than 15 minutes without reading the Word of God, regardless of where he was or in whose company he found himself. During the meals we shared, Albert Hibbert, his son-in-law, said, during the meals we shared together, eating and speaking of God's Word were inter interspersed. Wigglesworth would say grace, which was more than a mere sentence, or sometimes in his cracked voice he would sing a song of praise. After this, we would have the next course, then he would read and pray. Following that, we'd eat the next course, and afterwards, regardless of whether or not it was the last course, we would again read and pray. And that's how he lived. His life was not one of monotonous repetition. He said, one of my brothers became especially aware of Wigglesworth's love for the Word of God on one particular occasion after Wigglesworth had been staying with our family. My brother was taking him to the next place where he was to minister. They'd been on the journey for about 10 minutes conversing about current events when suddenly Wigglesworth shouted, Stop! My brother stopped the vehicle immediately thinking something was wrong. But Wigglesworth bowed his head and prayed, Lord, I'm sorry. We have talked about everything but thee and thy word and the souls of men. Please forgive us. Then turning to my brother, he said, You can go now. And the conversation was changed for the rest of the journey. And that's taken from the book, A Secret of His Power, by Albert Hibbert. And, you know, I took strength and I decided I'm going to find out the deep things of God. I'm not going to be a nominal Christian. As a young Christian, I thought, I want it all. I want to climb in. I want to know God. I want to read His Word. I want it to become alive to me. I want to make a difference in this world. And it started with reading the Word of God. On talking about the Word of God, Smith said, Fill your head and your heart with the Scriptures. Memorize passages from the Word with the name of the book, the chapter and the verse, so that you can quote the Scripture correctly in addresses or in open-air meetings. As you're doing this, you're sowing in your heart seeds which the Spirit of God can germinate. He can bring to your remembrance from time to time that which you have once memorized. You must be so soaked with the Word of God, you must be filled with it, that you yourself are a living epistle, known and read of all men. Believers are only strong as the word of God abides in him. The word of God is spirit and life to those who receive it in simple faith. It is a very fire of all who own its sway. Know your book, love it, believe it and obey. Hide God's word in your heart. It will save your soul, quicken your body and illuminate your mind. The word of God is full and final, infallible, reliable, up-to-date, and an attitude towards it must be one of unquestioned obedience. If a thing is in the Bible, it is so. It is not even to be prayed about, it is to be received and acted upon. Inactivity of faith is a robber which steals blessing. Increase comes by action, by using what we have and what we know. Your life must be going from faith to faith. I end off with Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to his word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. <coughs> Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your, your ways. 
I will delight myself in your statues. I will not forget your word. May this sermon encourage you to take a step and become a great student and reader and believer of God's word. And that's the end of that sermon. Thank you for listening. I pray that I'm going to pray for you guys and I'm going to ask God really ignites a fire in your soul that will never be put out. And it's going to start with God's word in your life. Father God, I pray for everybody listening here today, Lord, and I pray that you would ignite a fire in their hearts, a desire to read your word and to never put it down, to, to go to sleep with it, to wake up with it, Lord, and to allow it to direct them in their lives and to listen for your voice through your word, Lord. I pray for this. I pray for a revival in our Christians in this nation, Lord. Back to the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Speak to you soon next month. Amen.